Hey, this is Randy Robinson, and I'm the pastor of Everyday Church. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this podcast encourages you, stretches your faith, and helps lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus. Let's do it. If you would, I want you to close your eyes one more time. I want us just to sit quietly in his presence just for a moment. Being still isn't something that we're particularly good at. And I want us to invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us today. Today's message, again, will be more of a monologue than a traditional teaching. But my prayer is that God will speak to us and that the power of breakthrough will be in this place. Let's pray. Father, we come before you one more time today asking you to move. To do something significant in the lives of your people. And I pray that the spirit and the power of breakthrough would be felt in this room today. That lives would be changed, people would be healed emotionally, people would be healed physically. In Jesus' name, amen. Everything feels off. My insides are questioning everything. What's real and what's not real and what's just a show? Is my lack of consecration, meaning my commitment or surrender to God, holding him back from moving in my life? In moments of despair, I cry out, God, I need your help. God, please help me. But does my cry fall on deaf ears? Where is the Holy Spirit? Didn't Jesus himself promise that the Holy Spirit would be my helper? Why then do I feel so helpless? Am I not even filled with his spirit? Is that why I feel so alone? We come into agreement with lies that the enemy whispers in our ear. And those lies take root in the soil of our hearts. They take up residence in the home of our minds. And for me, the enemy whispers, you are a bad leader in every way. And I repeat the words back. I'm a bad leader at home, with my family, at church, with our staff. I can't even lead myself well. Comparison is eating at my soul. Look at this church. Look at that church. Why aren't you more like him? Why aren't you more like them? Embarrassment and shame stand at the door and they knock and I resist at first. But their persistence is overwhelming. Should I let them in? Knowing I shouldn't, I open the door anyway. I allow them to come in and make themselves comfortable. They have become my companions. 
Jesus. I need a breakthrough. They say, our God is a healer. Our God is a miracle worker. Our God is always with us. He will never leave us or forsake us. But why do I feel so alone? When I lay my head down at night, why am I consumed with fear? I'm afraid of things both rational and irrational. I'm afraid I won't be able to pay the bills. I'm afraid I won't be able to buy birthday or Christmas presents. I'm afraid my kids will be made fun of because they're wearing hand-me-downs or because I drive a car that's old and rusty and dented up. I'm afraid that I'll lose my job. I'm afraid that my spouse is cheating on me. I'm afraid my kids won't love me when they're out on their own. When I see two people talking across the room, I'm afraid they're making fun of me. I'm honestly afraid that I won't make it. Worry, anxiety, and stress have become my closest friends and confidants. Everywhere I go, they go with me. They help me to see the worst case scenario in every situation. They remind me that I can't trust anyone. They remind me of past hurts and heartache, and they help me to guard my heart so that those same hurts and same heartaches never happen again. They keep me from making a fool of myself. They protect me from experiencing hurt in new relationships by keeping people at a distance because everyone that I've ever cared about has let me down. Jesus. I need a breakthrough. Every morning I force myself out of bed. I get dressed for the day. My clothes might as well be a Halloween costume because I'm really just wearing a mask. Those around me would describe me as happy and funny and a little sarcastic. And when someone asks how I am, I always lie. I'm doing amazing. Everything is going great. The family is fantastic. They see my pictures on Instagram and they think that my life is something to be emulated. I've even had coworkers tell me that they're jealous of my life. But it's all a facade. Because inside, I'm consumed with rage and bitterness and unforgiveness. I'm angry that life didn't go as planned. I'm angry that my marriage failed. I'm angry that I couldn't buy the house or afford the car. I'm angry that no matter what I do, I can never get ahead. 
But the truth is, I'm angry at myself. I'm angry that I never take the risk. I'm angry that I always deny myself the opportunity to simply have fun. I'm angry that I always play it safe. I'm angry because of the poor decisions that I've made. I'm angry that I've ruined my life. I'm angry that I've allowed myself to become a distant father and a detached husband. The two things I swore I'd never do. I watch my children play, but I rarely participate. Daddy, will you play hide and seek with us? Daddy, will you play Hot Wheels with me? Daddy, will you push me on the swing? I want to, but my hurt and anger and self-loathing won't allow it. I'd rather hide myself in a virtual world with other fake people than face the reality of my own anger. To cope, I drink, but no one knows. I watch pornography so that I can escape for just a few minutes. I eat junk food and I binge watch everything I can on Netflix because it's the only way that I can retreat from reality. It's the only way that I can hide from myself. And then in the morning, I wake up and I put on my costume. I've worn it for so long that I don't even recognize myself when I'm not wearing it. I've told so many lies about who I am, I no longer even know the real me. Jesus, I need a breakthrough. They say our God is a healer. Our God is a miracle worker. Our God is the God of the impossible. If that's true, why have so many of my loved ones gotten sick? Why have so many of them died? I hear preachers try to explain it with cute cliches like we live in a fallen world. Death is just part of life. Some things won't make sense this side of heaven. And while I understand all of that mentally, it doesn't take away my pain and it doesn't bring clarity to my confusion. It doesn't answer the deep questions of my heart. If I'm truthful, I find myself disillusioned and full of doubt. I doubt that God still heals. I doubt that God still does miracles. I doubt that God loves me. And if I'm completely transparent, I sometimes doubt that God is even real. Jesus, I need a breakthrough. In days gone by, I dreamed. I dreamed of making a difference. 
I dreamed of love. I dreamed of a happy family. I dreamed of being healthy. I dreamed of expanding the kingdom of God. I dreamed of people's lives being changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. I dreamed of owning a home. I dreamed of traveling the world. I dreamed of finding and fulfilling my purpose. But insecurity and fear of failure have robbed me of my dreams. Confusion is present in every thought and every decision. I feel God leading me to do this or to do that. And then the whispers begin. No, you're just trying to make a name for yourself. I ask God to bless me, but then I'm consumed with guilt that I'm just being selfish. Confused on whether God wants me to suffer or he wants me to be blessed. Or maybe my suffering is the blessing. Confused on whether God wants me to be healed or maybe sickness really is my future. The words of James, the brother of Jesus, echo in my mind. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must, not, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, because such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. This describes my life. Every part feels unstable. I'm wishy-washy. I'm double-minded. I'm unable to make a clear decision. I second-guess everything. I want to believe. But I'm consumed with doubt. It reminds me of the New Testament book of Mark. There's a story of a father who has a demon-possessed son. And the son often had seizures, and the demon would throw him into the fire to burn him, or throw him into the water to drown him. And the desperate father brings his son to the disciples of Jesus to be healed, but they couldn't heal him. And when Jesus shows up, the demon sees the boy, and he began having convulsions he was thrown to the ground and began to foam at the mouth like some kind of rabid animal. And Jesus asked the father, how long has he been like this? And he answered, from childhood. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus said, if you can, Everything is possible for the one who believes. And immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Like the father of the demon-possessed boy, Jesus, I believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. If you can do anything, take pity on me. Help me. Jesus, I need a breakthrough. Everything feels off. My insides are questioning everything. What's real and what's not real?
and what's just a show. In a world of platforms and influencers, in a world of the haves and the have-nots, a world where filters and fake are king, we have conditioned ourselves to look for God in the magnificent, but where we'll find him is in the mundane. Jesus, I need a breakthrough. In an ancient letter written to first century believers in Greece, the missionary and apostle Paul wrote these words. You find them in the first book of Corinthians, chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom. As I proclaim to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. We're living in a world of confusion. We're confused about spirituality. We're confused about race. We're confused about politics. We're confused about gender and sexuality. We're confused about what's true and what's not true. And the confusion has made its way into the body of Christ. And when Paul showed up at the Grecian city of Corinth, he also found confusion. He found a culture in need of a breakthrough. And his answer to the confusion was the simplicity of the gospel. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. The Greek word demonstration means to point away from oneself, to point out or outward. Paul was saying, I'm not the answer. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer to your confusion. Jesus is the answer to your brokenness. Jesus is the answer to your loneliness. Jesus is the answer to your past wounds and pain. Jesus is the answer to your sickness and disease. Jesus is the answer to your doubts. Jesus, I need a breakthrough. The first place that we see the word breakthrough in Scripture is in the Old Testament book of 2 Samuel. In chapter 5, beginning in verse 17, the writer recounts a moment where the enemies of God, the Philistines, came against David, the king. It says, when the Philistines heard that David that they had anointed David king over Israel, 
all the Philistines went up to seek out David. And when David heard of it, he went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines came and they spread themselves out in the valley of Rephaim. And then David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hand. And so David came down to Baal Perazim, and he defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of waters. And therefore, he named that place Baal Perazim. Baal Perazim means Lord of the breaks. Our God is the Lord of the breakthrough. Our God is the Lord of the breakthrough. The word breakthrough fittingly has a multitude of meanings in the original language. It means to break through, to break down, to break over, to burst, to breach, to break into, to break open, to break up, to break into pieces, to use violence, or to break away. In other words, when we allow the Lord of the breakthrough into our lives, He's committed to doing whatever it takes by any means necessary because He is the God of the breakthrough. Jesus, I need a breakthrough. I'm tired of fake inauthentic faith. I don't want 2023 to be the same as last year and the year before and the year before that and the year before that. I'm ready for the Lord of the breakthrough to break through, to break down to break over, to burst, to breach. I'm ready for him to break into. I'm ready for him to break open, to break up, to break into pieces. May the God of the breakthrough break down every wall, break open every heart, break into pieces every doubt in the name of Jesus. May the God of the breakthrough break open and into my heart so that the floodwaters of God's glory can come crashing into my life. Our God is the God of the breakthrough.
in just a moment, we're going to pray for people who need a breakthrough. And it doesn't matter to me if there's one or a hundred that come forward. We've prayed over this service that the God of breakthrough would be here. And I know that there are people sitting in this room right now that need the power of breakthrough, the God of breakthrough to break through, to break open, to break over, to go under, to breach it, whatever he's got to do. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready for him to do whatever he's got to do. And it's going to take a moment of surrender on you and on me in order for me to receive what it is he has for me. I can't stand here like a brick wall saying, no, thank you. Oh, God of the breakthrough. He comes. No, thank you. It's a moment of surrender. A moment of saying, I'm tired of it being like it's always been. I'm tired of waking up and putting on my mask. I'm tired of questioning whether God is real because somebody I know got sick and died. I'm tired of questioning whether God's word is true because it doesn't feel like he came through on his promise. Jesus, we need a breakthrough. Specifically this week as I was preparing for this, and we've been up here working and trying to get things moving forward on the next level of the renovation. I'd pray on my way and I would pray while I was here and I'd pray in the car over this service. And specifically, I've been praying for healing to take place. So in a moment, I'm just going to ask people who need a breakthrough to come down. But specifically, if you're battling with sickness in your body, we're going to pray. Some of you may have been down here last time. You're like, I already prayed for that and nothing happened. We're going to pray again. We're going to pray that God of the breakthrough would break through, break into, that he would breach, burst it open, break into pieces, whatever he has to do. I believe that the anointing of God, the spirit of God, is going to bring healing in people's lives. Would you close your eyes one more time all across the room? Holy Spirit, once again, we invite you. Thinking that your presence, Lord, is in this room. It's already touching lives. Without prolonging this any longer, if you're in the room and you know you need a breakthrough, I want to invite you to come to the front. Get out of your seat and come to the front as a step of faith and we're gonna pray and God is gonna move in your life. On behalf of Pastor Randy and the entire staff at Everyday Church, we'd like to thank you for joining us today. For more information on the church, please visit us at everydaychurch.xyz.